The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today it is a countdown to, yes, you guessed it, Valentine's Day. Two more days left. Oh, my. You know, there are all these ads on the radio and all over the place about how you can still get flowers in time or chocolates or whatever with all these sales. You can still order them so that they're delivered by the day and uh, not to mention all the signs in, in the stores themselves. Oh, my. All this pressure. It should be called... uh I don't know. It should be called <laughs> Pressure Day because um, whether you have no Valentine, you have a Valentine who you don't think is uh, Mr. or Ms. Right, or um, you, uh, you, I mean, how many people, when they put the magnifying glass on their relationship, are actually feeling content today and sure that they're right with the right one? and that everything is just ducky. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not the majority of people. And, uh, in fact, today is a day when a lot of people who don't have a Valentine altogether are asking themselves why, why yet again is another Valentine's Day here and I haven't found love. Then there are people who are looking at who they're with and are realizing that this could well be a mistake that they're settling that there are things in this person that really uh, they wouldn't be able to live with for the rest of their life whether they're um, dating them or married to them um, and then of course there are people who uh, because they're feeling uncomfortable in their relationship maybe they see that their that their lover is a bad boy or a bad girl um, or they're just or they're afraid of intimacy uh, for whatever really reason, they're feeling really antsy in the relationship. And so what do you do? I know you're out there. What do you do? You sabotage your relationship before you're disappointed on Valentine's Day or because, or before you're not living up to the pressure of Valentine's Day, doing exactly the right thing with your Valentine. So all of, and then of course, there are those of you who I know have given up hope of ever finding love, and I'm here to help you today to tell you not to do that. Don't give up hope. Um, actually, that's something that a lot more women are guilty of than men because men find it easier to find women for sex and pretend that that's love or that they're content with that. But a lot of women, once they've been hurt too many times, one too many times, 
Uh, even though they say they want a husband, say they want a boyfriend, really they do things to push them away. Like, um, not, uh, not, well, not causing themselves, not caring about what they look like, not caring about what their life is like, not caring about how attractive in all senses, not just looks that they might be to a man, their personality, their lifestyle, um, what they're doing. They hide in their house and expect somehow Prince Charming to come knocking on the door. And that doesn't happen. Um, And yet, because these women have been hurt so many times, or as I said, one too many times, where they've given up, uh, they're afraid to be in a relationship, even though on one level they want to be, but they're afraid of getting hurt again. So they do things, they get fat, they do things to, to make themselves... Uh, in all different ways, unattractive and unappealing in terms of becoming somebody's date or girlfriend, or no less uh, their wife. So all of these relationship issues um, are, are illuminated on Valentine's Day. We're all asking ourselves all these questions um, about even, you know, even for those of you who are married or in a committed relationship, um, and think that this is the person you want to spend your life with because of, of so much media uh, telling us what a perfect relationship is and what it isn't. You know, even if you do have a really good relationship, um, you're looking at, at things and in movies, for example, or you're looking at sexy women on billboards and you're thinking, huh, Maybe, or, or women are thinking, are looking at guys who maybe are driving fancy sport cars and look like they're a lot richer than their husband who may, or boyfriend who may have just gotten laid off. And you're questioning, uh, relationships. Even though it might well be, uh, the perfect person for you, things in society, things that we come across every day, make us question whether this is the best we can do. And that, uh, sometimes that's a good thing. Because sometimes we are settling, and it's not the best we can do. We do deserve more, and sometimes it's a bad thing because we're looking at superficial things and thinking we can supposedly do better in these superficial things, but not in the important things that count, such as being able to trust your partner, being, you know, knowing that they're really in love with you, that they put you first that um, they've made all kinds of sacrifices for you and and will continue um, that um, that really you're just the most important thing in the world for them not not to say that that means you should be with that person forever either that's not the only thing obviously that you need i mean um, but but you need to have that for sure a loyalty sincerity a good heart um not necessarily, even if they don't come with all of these accoutrements, these superficial things that that uh, the media and advertisements, <laughs> commercials, tell us that we should be looking for in a mate. So, um, as many of you know, um, I, uh, I, in my for my latest book, Bad Girls: Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets, I interviewed over a hundred men who were in um, relationships with bad girls. And I'll talk later about, you know, bad girls and bad boys and, and uh, the 12 different types of each. But 
um, what was interesting was that these men, um, I, I got their stories. I did three and four hour interviews with them. They shared their most um, emotional, most intimate details, not just sexually intimate, but emotionally intimate. And, um, and through that, I was able to um, write about their stories, but also to find common patterns. In other words, what made these men attracted to these women, these bad girls, these women who in the end are heartbreakers, just like bad boys are heartbreakers, um, why did they stay with them until the women essentially were done with them or until the men finally, finally uh, threw in the towel, uh, but after they were exploited? Um, you know, what, what in their childhood made them vulnerable to these bad girls? And similarly, when I wrote Bad Boys, um, why we love them, how to live with them, and when to leave them, I have stories in there from women and their bad boy experiences. And um, so there are certain commonalities as to why, why you're attracted to who you're attracted to. I mean, that's what it comes down to, whether they're bad girls or good girls or bad boys or good boys. It, it all starts with um, the relationship that you have, your first love relationship, the, the relationship that you have with the parent of the opposite sex. That is what determines your love map, as I call it, for the rest of your life, unless you get therapy and, <laughs> and address these issues that have set you down the wrong path. Um, but when you have dysfunctional things, and they're all they're all different kinds of dysfunctions. But when there are, when there is dysfunction um, in the relationship with your parent of the opposite sex, that the way that that dysfunction comes out um, sends you down the road to picking the wrong mate, being attracted to the wrong mate. And uh, or <laughs> the other side of the coin, if you have really loving, positive relationships with the parent of the opposite sex that make you feel as though you're a prince for guys or a princess for girls, that you that you are someone who is deserving of uh, to be treated that way, to be treated like a prince or a princess, that you deserve someone who um, who will love you wholeheartedly. And sincerely and in a really good way, that directs you towards um, more healthier relationships. So the key is try asking yourself um, what your pattern has been. If you've been uh, attracted to and been with uh, people who have caused you heartbreak, these are the bad boys and the bad girls. If you've been heartbroken in relationships at least three times, you may well be addicted to heartbreak. And that is a serious problem because what it means is that you are unconsciously heading towards these people who are going to break your heart because Freud actually you know, figured this out over 100 years ago that uh, it's called the repetition compulsion. It's where you get into situations, not just about love and picking mates, but in general in your life. Um, it's where you get into situations that are that are familiar to you, and and that you want to change the outcome of. But you keep getting into the same situations. You know, for in this case, you're attracted to the same wrong people for you. And you keep getting heartbroken time and time again. And what you're trying to do 
You're attracted to them in the ho- in the hopes um, that you're going to be ha- making this situation, this love affair, turn out better, turn out different than the ones in your past. But in fact, if you keep picking the same people who are going to break your heart in the same ways, then um, then it isn't going to turn out better. I mean, unless. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, unless you've been to therapy and you've figured out how to do that, but really, if you've been to therapy, what you will have figured out was how to not get into these relationships that are going to end in heartbreak to begin with. So, um, this is, it's all, you know, Valentine's Day, if, if, even though it does, um, put a magnifying glass over your heart and it does as I've been saying sometimes sometimes it highlights flaws in relationships that um, make them seem bigger than they really should seem in other words make you think that uh, you should be fine that your lover should be perfect this should be a perfect relationship that's what <laughs> that's what especially around Valentine's Day that's what the media tells you you should have this perfect love and so if you start seeing warts under the magnifying glass and you start thinking, huh, well, you know, he or she is not this or they don't have that or, you know, then you might throw them out um, or sabotage the relationship when, in fact, um, they really are what counts is really good. And on the other hand, a magnifying glass may actually be a very helpful kind of thing because it may alert you, cause you to pay more attention to the things in your partner that uh, aren't good and that really you really do deserve better and and that these things are are the the red flags that heartbreak is coming soon and the the real really important part it needs to put valentine's day brings a magnifying glass to you to your heart to your asking questions about yourself it's not just about the other person it really gets down to you how much you love yourself and how much um you're going to what you're going to do to attract the p- person who who is right for you who is um, someone, your soulmate, if you want to think of it like that. Well, we need to take a break. We're going to be back with more Countdown to Valentine's Day. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Think of the world. 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it will be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, hoping to cure your Valentine's Day blues. Now, if you don't have blues and you're perfectly wonderfully in love, that's great. Congratulations. I'm really happy for you. Maybe you have a friend or a relative or a coworker who does have Valentine's Day blues. So keep listening because a lot of my advice I hope you can offer to them if you don't need it yourself. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about sabotage on Valentine's Day. Yes, we all know it. We've, and a lot of us have done it. I won't say we all have done it, but pretty close. Uh, whether you're a man or a woman, you know that there's the pressure of Valentine's Day. There's, uh, um, if you're, if you're not in a perfect relationship and if you don't get the perfect Valentine's gift or do the perfect thing on Valentine's Day, then somehow you feel like you're the only one in the world who uh, who isn't loved, uh, who, or who isn't loved in the right way. So let's talk about uh, what happens with sabotage. First of all, men, how do you? What do you do to sabotage Valentine's Day? Well, first of all, I totally get it. You feel an incredible amount of pressure. Um, you you if you're if you're madly in love with. Um, a woman you're married to or a girlfriend, whatever, you, a, a, uh, someone who um, is your secret valentine, you, she doesn't know that you're madly in love with her, whatever. There's a pressure to perform, and not just sexually, but a pressure to express the right amount of love. You don't want to be too mushy. You want to be mushy enough. Or, um, you know, just how much should how much should you let this woman into your heart? Let her know your true feelings. And then maybe you're with somebody, and you're not really sure that you want to continue a relationship with her. That makes it particularly awkward on Valentine's Day. I mean, there's the uh, there are the guys. You know, there are some of you who are um, who want to do the perfect thing, who are trying to make your Valentine happy doing, you know, trying to do exactly what she would want for Valentine's Day, thinking of where she would want to go, what she wants, roses, uh, chocolate hearts, both, teddy bears, whatever. Um, and then there are those of you who are thinking, oh, God, Valentine's Day is here, and I'm not really sure I want to be in this relationship. <laughs> oh, and she's going to expect me to sign a card with love, and I don't really know whether I love her or not. And this is getting, oh, God, I think I'm going to dump her before Valentine's Day, and then I won't have to deal with this. I won't have to lie by saying I love her, and I won't have to hurt her by disappointing her. So what do you guys do? You know what you do. You do something really bad. I mean, <laughs> do something really that you know she won't like. Like, um, you start looking at other women. 
uh, she catches you, you, you let her catch you, or you um, cheat on her, or you do something that you know that she is not going to like, really, that she's going to get really angry about, and start an argument about, and um, why do you do that? Because then you're hoping that she'll break up with you, and you can you won't have to do the breaking up. She'll you'll have uh, put her into the position where she'll she'll get so angry she'll break up with you, and that saves you from uh, those awkward <laughs> those awkward moments of you know those relationship talks where I don't think this is working out right before Valentine's Day, right? That does not go over well. So. So, now you know it's the coward's way out. I gotta tell you, the coward's way out is doing something, uh, nasty that you know that she, that will, that will push her buttons and that will make her, uh, get into an argument with you so that, you know, you can, you can bow out, um, without actually breaking up, telling her that you're not attracted to her anymore or that you never really were <laughs> or that whatever, something that she does bothers you. Um, it's kind of the cowardly way out. I mean, uh, what I would suggest in those circumstances is to have sort of a lukewarm Valentine's Day. Don't tell her you love her if you don't love her, but send her a cute card, give her a cute card, do something, take her out, and um, sometime after that, I mean, she'll kind of get the hint by the lukewarmness of the Valentine's Day, and then after that, you can tell her what you think is wrong with the relationship. Maybe she can fix it. Um, now, women, you are even better at uh, sabotaging relationships um, before Valentine's Well, not you. You don't usually do it before Valentine's Day because because um, you want to have the celebration of Valentine's Day. But you you're good at at, at sabotaging any day. It doesn't have to be before Valentine's Day. Um, and some of the ways that you do it uh, are about sex. That's sort of a hot button area. <laughs> No pun or pun intended. Um, and and the way that, that sex uh, sabotages relationships, well, there's countless ways, but one of the ways, I mean, the, the most obvious way is not enough sex, making a guy beg for sex. Um, that gets pretty old <laughs> pretty quickly. And uh, because what you're telling the guy is that um, you're not attracted to him or that, um, you know, he's not, it makes him feel like, it, it emasculates him. It makes him feel like he's not a man. And, um, you know, maybe if you're, if you don't, if there are reasons why you don't want to have sex, like, like you don't like how, what he does, some of the things that he does during sex, then you need to tell him. If it's that you have a hang-up about sex because of things that happened in your life, maybe you were raped or maybe as a child you were sexually abused, whatever, you need to get into therapy to deal with those issues. Um, if you think that, if you take them for granted now and you think that you don't, ha- you don't enjoy sex and you don't need to put out as often as he wants, um, well, that's, you know, I mean, of course it's very hard if a couple doesn't have the same uh, sexual appetite, but if you want to keep this guy, you need to work on it. You need to, f- to figure out what the problem is, and um, it isn't, you know, it's not going to be lasting long um, if you have a headache every night. Now, at the same time, another way to sabotage a relationship, that women sabotage a relationship, is... Um, to be oversexed. In other words, especially if you haven't had uh, 
sex before this particular guy very often and you devour him or if it's like a first date or or early on in the relationship and you haven't had sex for a while and you devour this guy like he's your last meal and then you keep on doing that, that's not going to work out too well either because um, there comes a point where he'll feel inadequate. Like if you, you know, keep him up all night and and he can't do it five times in a row. Um, so, so those either extreme about sex is not good. Other kinds of things that women do to uh, sabotage relationships um, is to choose work over the man continuously to uh, show that he's playing second fiddle to your career ambitions. Um, that's you know, there, it's, he's. I'm sh- he, most men will be understanding. Uh, for a while, I mean, there are certain deadlines and so on that that it's understandable that you have to do, but um, but that you need to ask yourself whether your being a workaholic is a psychological defense against intimacy, whether you're really afraid to um, uh, to get close with this man because you've been hurt before too many times, and you're afraid that that. Uh, that if that this relationship is seeming like it could be really good and you're afraid of letting that happen because you don't want to be really hurt again. Uh, other other things that women do if they're getting to a certain age and their clock is ticking too loudly and they you know are, are almost ready to grab on to any man to uh, and pretend to if you pretend to yourself that he's you know, if you, if you're ready to settle for any man because you're so desperate to have a baby before your uh, before your biological clock, the alarm rings on your biological clock, and and it's over. Um, that's not good for anybody, including the baby. Um, also, men can tell whether you're on the fence too long about a relationship. You know, if you're not really into him. I mean, it's one thing. Uh, just like if he's not really into you, that's another... I mean, it's funny, though. When guys aren't into women, women are more willing to tell themselves, you know, give themselves stories, expl- explanations as to why you guys are, are not calling or, you know, we, <laughs> we can come up with a million different reasons. You've been kidnapped, whatever. Um, but when women are not into the relationship, men can tell that. And they don't, they're not as, uh, well, it depends. Unless you're a bad girl, and we'll get into that. But um, if, if, for, if you're not a bad girl and you're not out to, um, to exploit him, um, it, it's just something to watch out for. Another thing that uh, sometimes ruins relationships, how women sabotage them, is by, upset, by, by not trusting. And this is an unfortunate consequence of having been in relationships with guys who uh, weren't trustworthy and being you know, cheated on or um, just having had too many things happen where, in fact, where you went in trusting and then you turned out to have gotten hurt because you were too trusting. Um, so sometimes some women go the opposite direction for the next time, and they um, they you know look at guys um, 
cell phones and and see about the calls that they make and who called them and and uh, who they're calling and and then I, I had a patient actually tell me a story about that the other day about how he 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 thought his girlfriend was was checking on his phone and so he purposely paid attention to where he put it the phone on the table and sure enough you know he saw that she had moved it and. Um, and it's because she didn't trust who, and he he hadn't cheated on her, and that turned him off um, because that she didn't trust him, and and uh, and you know what kind of because it makes a guy feel like now in some cases when you find you know that he's been calling other women or women of well that he's been calling other women who aren't women from work and so on uh, sometimes it is true that uh, he's been cheating, and yes, it's good to find out that, but you know, but not by checking on his phone you you need to ask if you have reason to suspect that um, other things that women do they uh, make guys sacrifice too much they want women you want the guy to be with you all the time and to give up being with his friends or give up watching football um, just you know give you attention 24/7 that is not <laughs> That's a, a quick way to sabotage a relationship. So there's a whole list. I have a whole list of other ways as well, but you get the gist. The gist is that if you're afraid you're going to be disappointed on Valentine's Day and you want to, you women want to end the relationship before you're disappointed, uh, these are some of the things that you can do. Do I suggest doing any of them? Absolutely not. And guys, you heard the list too um, for why you may want to sabotage a relationship before you feel the pressure of Valentine's Day, but hey, man up and um, express you know express the, your your true feelings. And if the feelings aren't uh, so so good or they're kind of unsure, wait until be, go go Valentine's Day neutral and wait until at least after Valentine's Day to have that talk. We need to take another break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Um, talking about the countdown to Valentine's Day, help, helping you with your Valentine's Day blues. Uh, so stay tuned for more. We're going to talk about whether you're with a bad boy or a bad girl and how to know, th- know that and what to do about it when we come back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Do you find yourself tearing pictures of rooms out of magazines? Do you watch certain movies and TV programs because of the homes they show? Are Sundays reserved for open houses? Then you are a home dreamer. And someday, you will build or renovate your dream home. 
Steve Clip has spent three decades learning how to win at the Dream Home Game. His show, Winning the Dream Home Race, can be heard every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Let Steve Clip help save you money and make you a winner. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, taking you on a countdown to Valentine's Day. Well, (laughs) trying to cure your Valentine's Day blues before Valentine's Day. I'm not the one taking you on a countdown. Unfortunately, it's the calendar. Uh, if I could do something about it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Valentine's Day has its pros and cons. I mean, it's wonderful when you're madly in love and you both do the perfect thing for each other on Valentine's Day, the perfect gifts, the perfect cards, the perfect uh, plans for doing something together, the perfect sex <laughs> that night or day. <laughs> um, that's great. But if there is something, you know, not so perfect... It's actually time to hold up a magnifying glass and see what your contribution to this, these imperfections are, not just looking for, not just looking for uh, perfection in, in the person you're with. So I promised um, I would talk uh, now about bad boys and bad girls because one of the things that you need to do on Valentine's Day is to figure out whether um, you're being too nitpicky or too, you know, looking for impossible perfection that we see in the movies, or whether in fact you're with someone who's going to be breaking your heart <laughs> sometime in the future. Because that's what bad girls and bad boys are. They are heartbreakers. They are out for things for themselves, and they exploit you, and when the exploiting is done, um, they are ready to move on. Now, the reason why they're that way, however, is, um, you know, it's not a... It's not, it's not like they're psychopaths. Well, <laughs> um, on the whole, it's not like they're psychopaths. It's that they have been hurt or twisted in a certain way because of the dysfunctional relationships that they have had with their mothers or fathers, the parent of the opposite sex. And I, was begin, I began talking about that at the beginning of the show, and that is what sets you on your love map. So, for example, let me talk about Bad Girls first because that's my latest book. Um, and the, the, what makes a bad girl bad? <laughs> what makes a bad girl? Okay. Um, uh, it starts out, of course, with her dysfunctional relationship with her father. And this could be anything. It's a whole range. As I mentioned, there are 12 types of bad girls and 12 types of bad boys, different types that I define in my books. Um, and what, uh, so there are at least 12 different types of dysfunctional relationships that a little girl can have with her father. And, um, they range from something, um, benign, well, relatively benign, like, um, a father getting divorced, I mean, pa- parents getting divorced, and a father, it's not so benign, I really shouldn't say it like that because it hurts. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, compared to, on the one, on the other extreme, there are fathers who are physically or sexually abusive, okay? So, on the other extreme, there could be a father who is a workaholic, for example, and um, he may be working, 
to make money to buy his little girl things, you know, or to send her to a good school or other positive things that he wants to give his little girl. But if he's a workaholic and not around, um, that conveys the message that she's not lovable. Or, as I was starting to say, divorce. Um, if, a, if a father leaves the marriage, and particularly if he has a girlfriend, um, and he sp- starts spending a lot of time with that girlfriend, and if he then goes on to marry her or some other girlfriend or has another, you know, just picks another girlfriend, the little girl feels as though daddy likes these other women much better than me. So I must not be lovable, or at least as lovable as them, and my mother is not as lovable as them either. So, um, and there are all kinds of things in between. As I said, at least 12 different things. And it's so interesting, now that there are divorces, so many more divorces, which is a big problem in terms of why there are so many more bad girls and bad boys in the dating pool, um, but um, it, it really, you know, it, is, it causes children of divorce to be afraid of intimacy because they've seen how painful love can be, how painful marriage can be, how painful it is to let it, your guard down and give yourself completely to a relationship. You get married and then you still can be hurt and devastated by divorce. So, so the 12 types of bad girls are... Uh, and see how many you've dated. <laughs> Gold digger, addict, sex siren, sexual withholder, married woman on the prowl, commitment phobe, husband hunter and trapper, husband stealer, ultimate damsel in distress, cougar, ball buster, and bad girl scorned. Now, um, what happens with these bad girls after they have these dysfunctional relationships with their fathers, they are attracted to, guess what? bad boys and uh, depending upon the kind of dysfunction they had with the with their father they are attracted to certain kinds of bad boys it is really amazing oh i was starting to say what makes it interesting now that there are so many more divorces is that um, little girls have to contend not only with their fathers their relationship with their father which of course the original relationship is the most important but still then there are step there is a stepfather or <laughs> or more than one stepfathers and that relationship and its dysfunction can impact them as well similarly for boys um, their relationship with their mother causes them if it's dysfunctional will cause them to become a bad boy a certain type of bad boy and if their father marries or has as a you know long-term relationship um, a woman uh, or they have a stepmother or stepmothers, um, then then they can have more than one dysfunction, a uh, dysfunctional relationship with a woman, um, you know, a mother figure. So, because um, when I when my first book was Bad Boys, and when that came out, uh, and I, w- I was doing a lot of um, media talking about it, I I would have women talk. I would always be able to tell what kind of father these women had uh, from what kind of boyfriend they were with or husband they were with. And similarly, if they told me the man they were with, I could tell what kind of father they had. And same thing with the bad girls. Um, it, is, it is that, you know, predictive, predictable. <laughs> so, um, 
So and these and these women would tell me uh, originally that you know that their father would be, like if they had would if they were married twice or they had two different kinds of long term relationships and and the two bad boys were different it would always be because they had a father and a stepfather who were different who set them to, along down the path to picking that kind of bad boy so getting back to bad girls um, so these bad girls are then uh, attracted to bad boys. I mean, you know, these dysfunctional, the ones who have these dysfunctional relationships with their dads are attracted to bad boys. And then, of course, the bad boys, as I said, were heartbreakers. So they get their heart broken um, one or more times. And at some point, they give up and um, decide that, okay, I'm never going to find love. Um, I'm not lovable. And so I might as well go for something else. And so, you know, an easy way to see this, an an easy example of this would be the gold digger. So she gives up on ever finding her prince, ever finding a guy who's going to love her for her. And so she tells herself that, okay, I'll find a guy who's going to pamper me, who's going to give me his charge cards and lots of gifts and, and, um, you know, uh, lots of toys and I will pretend to myself that that um, is as good as finding a man who loves me. Now, mostly this is unconscious. I mean, they, it depends on the woman, but a lot of times it's unconscious. And they, 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 because deep down they know that it really isn't as good as finding their prince, as finding a man who's going to truly love them, as finding a man who, who they were looking for, you know, who... Um, who would make them feel truly loved. Now, uh, now this isn't to say that these men who love gold diggers aren't head over heels for them, uh, because, and indeed, uh, I mean, some of the examples that I give in the book, these men have lost, you know, have lost whole fortunes to these, trying to satisfy these women, trying to keep these women with them. And so, you know, whether it's love or whether it's, um, I mean, they, their hearts are broken. So um, uh, you know, at some level, the, some of these men do realize that, um, that maybe the, man, the woman is with them. Um, you know, the, I mean, at some level they realize that they have to keep her satisfied. But by giving her things, and I'm not just talking about the gold egg or whatever these women want, they have to keep giving the women whatever they're looking for in order to keep them. They know that at some level. The men know that. On the other hand, the men convince themselves that these women um, are madly in love with them and aren't really just there for whatever the thing is, like the addict, for example, the addict bad girl. Um, She's looking for a man who will um, provide her with her drug of choice, I mean, literally sometimes drugs, if guys will do that, or alcohol, or at least who will be an enabler. In other words, a guy who um, will, he may say to her, oh, I don't really want you to drink anymore, you should go to AA, but um, they know, since they know deep down that if they don't keep letting her drink, let's say, um, that she'll leave them, they, they let it slide, and they really, um, they may talk a good game, but they really don't do anything to make the addict stop. They don't leave the addict, they don't say, if you don't go to AA tonight, today, I'm gonna, that's the end of the relationship. So um, all of these women, that, for, let me talk about the, the married woman on the prowl. That's a woman who uh, is 
uh, has a husband uh, and who has buyer's remorse. There's something in her relationship with her husband that is not totally satisfying for her. Usually it's uh, the husband is wrapped up in his career and he's not paying as much attention to her as she would like or he's not as good in the bedroom as she would like or she's come a long way baby and she now thinks she can do better. And so she wants a man who will be with her, not necessarily who will marry her. She may just want an affair, but she wants someone on the side. So these are some of the examples of bad girls. Um, we need to take another break. When we come back, I'll talk some about bad boys and uh, how you know, how you can know whether you're with one and, and uh, as you evaluate your relationship this Valentine's Day. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, Tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. Um, I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're having the Countdown to Valentine's Day show today, uh, where I am trying to cure your Valentine's Day blues and give you some love advice so that you can, by the time next Valentine's Day comes around, you will be in a perfect, well, wait, wait. I just said this before, I was saying there's no such thing as a perfect relationship, but as close to perfect as possible. Um, let's talk about bad boys. That was my first book, Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them. And I talk about 12 different types of bad boys, and of course they've each been, um, been, uh, become that way. They've become bad boys, um, because of the dysfunctional relationship that they had with their moms growing up. 
And so there are 12 different types, um, and I will tell you what they are. A fixer upper love. Now, in, in this book, um, I, I uh, used fairy tales as uh, stories, uh, metaphors for the different types of bad boys. So um, there, there is a fixer upper lover, a compulsive flirt, a grandiose dreamer, misunderstood and married, Mr. Power Mad, a commitment phobe, a wounded poet, a self-absorbed seducer, a man of mystery, a dramatic daredevil, a prince of darkness, and a lethal lover. So let's talk about, um, for example, the fixer-upper lover, um, which I also call the frazzled frog, um, based on the fairy tale of Frog Prince. And what a fixer-upper love, lover is, is a guy who, well, I'll, um, I'll tell you, I have a quiz actually in the beginning. Um, so I'll tell you how you can tell if you're with a fixer-upper lover. He wants you to take care of him by being the cuddly, nurturing mother he never had. He's a perpetual little boy who refuses to grow up and he's proud of it. He warns women not to expect too much of him by flaunting his neediness. Besides his addiction to you, he has at least one other addiction. You feel you're really too good for him because he, his possessions, and his life are in such disrepair. So um, I have a quiz at the beginning of the book for all of the 12 types. You know, you check off um, whether he is always, sometimes, or never like these various uh, descriptions that I have here, and you figure out which type of bad boy you're with. Um, so the, the frazzled frog is a guy who hasn't, as, as the first line says, um, he, he never had a cuddly, nurturing mother, and he's looking for a mother figure. And, um, you know, for the women who are attracted to frazzled frogs uh, are women whose father was either not physically present, he was deceased or he, or he was, was divorced and not really in the little girl's life, um, or he's a workaholic. Um, he's not really, he's not either physically or emotionally around. And so these little girls grow up to be attracted to a man who seems like he is the least likely to leave them because he doesn't have his act together. And so unconsciously she figures that if she's with this guy and if she takes care of him and she helps him and he'll become addicted to her um, like, you know, he was addicted to something else. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol, it could be gambling, it could be anything. Um, But but the idea is that if, if he's so needy, that uh, he won't, he, he will be the least likely of all the bad boys or all the guys to leave her, and then he, she won't, he won't repeat what her father did. Now, the problem with this is that it works for a while, but the more nurturing the woman is and the more she helps him and gives him things and helps him get his life together, get his act together, the more he grows and he doesn't turn into a prince. <laughs> he turns into, uh, he hops away. He's the frog that hops away because by this point he figures, you know, now that you've changed him uh, into a prince, in a sense, he becomes a prince for somebody else. He doesn't need you anymore, and he starts to feel that he can do better. Um, now, there's also, there, the, uh, there are a lot of, 
Let's see. Who else? They're, they're all so good <laughs> and so bad. <laughs> um, of course, the compulsive flirt is, you know, that kind of speaks speaks for itself. But um, let's see here. This is a guy. Uh, he, he, I call him the wanton wolf because that's like uh, the fairy tale Little Red Riding Hood. He looks at women hungrily as if he were eating them up with his eyes. Having mastered the game of seduction, he knows how to size women up quickly and make strategic moves. When he flaunts his smooth lines, money, or power, he may seem too slick. He's always trying to carve more notches in his belt, from just winning women with his eyes to actually seducing them into his bed. He uses you as home base while he's out flirting and prowling for conquests. So you know if you've got one of those. And if you have, um, he's one of the ones, uh, for, for most of the types of bad boys, except for the compulsive flirt and the, um, the prince of darkness who is abusive, physically or sexually abusive, and the lethal lover who is a guy in prison um, who, you know, women become attracted to, um, in those three categories, those are men who I, I say you need to dump and give them a chance to uh, go to long-term psychotherapy, but otherwise um, to not ha- have the, be in a relationship with them, not have them, not let them be in your life because it's too dangerous. If the uh, compulsive flirt is not just flirting with his eyes, or flirting, you know, not just satisfied to feel as though he could he could get the woman to bed if he wanted, but he actually does take the woman to bed or women then obviously that's a physical, you know, there's, there's all kinds of diseases that you can get to be susceptible to um, with this kind of guy. So you, you don't want that in your life. You can't trust him. He has to prove um, that he's trustworthy, and most of these guys can't, don't, be, unless they get a lot of therapy because, because they need, because of their relationship with their mother where they never felt enough, um, and with their father also, the fathers and fathers do, and mothers do play a role with girls and little girls and little boys as well. There is a part of that. It's just more strongly, predominantly, the dysfunction with the parent of the opposite sex. But, but in any case, um, there's a reason why the compulsive flirt has this compulsion. He needs to keep proving that um, he is adequate enough because deep down he feels inadequate. Well, these are some examples and uh, something to think about. And I want to also give out my, um, if you'd like to become a Twitter follower, I I always forget to do this, so I want to give out my Twitter handle. It is at Dr. Carol MD, so at D-R, Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E-M-D. And then um, also if you want, if you women want to see if you're a bad girl or not, and obviously the book is Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them, and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. So I'm not trying to turn you into bad girls, but I am trying to get you to wake up and realize that there are things that these women do uh, with their life and themselves that make them more attractive to guys than women who are just sitting, you know, not really wanting to make the effort of being afraid of making the effort again of um, of being lovable, of being attractive. And again, I don't just mean physically, uh, although there is certainly a lot that every woman can do to make herself more attractive physically, starting with a smile. <laughs> um, and uh, 
so so if you want to take the bad girl test, that's where I was going. Um, if you women want to take the bad girl test and see how you rate um, or what things go into being a bad girl, uh, and if you guys want to take what I call the sitting duck test to see how vulnerable you are to bad girls, then go to my website, badgirlsbook.com, badgirlsbook.com, and uh, opt in, and I will send you a complimentary uh, test for the, the sitting duck test for men and the bad girls test for women. And uh, that's kind of a fun thing to do for Valentine's Day. <laughs> you can get together with your friends. And, yes, I'm glad I, if you don't have a date or a lover or some, somebody that you want to be with, that you're in love with on Valentine's Day or that you're going to put up with until after Valentine's Day, then um, at least make plans. If you haven't made plans by now, you need to make plans to be with friends, to be with people that you enjoy being with. Do, there is nothing worse than sitting home alone on Valentine's Day. So make plans now before people make other plans. You know, you can get together and laugh about your relationships that you've had in the past and, and commit to um, making things better in the future, making, doing, changing things about yourself that you want to change and changing things about who you're, not, who you're attracted to to not, uh, not go for the person who is clearly a bad girl or a bad boy and who's going to break your heart. So I hope I've helped somewhat to cure your Valentine's Day blues. I hope that you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Do something fun regardless of whether you have a Valentine or not. That is the key thing because you you know do something with do something with the parent that you have a dysfunctional relationship with. Do something with uh, your siblings, do something with friends, do something with anybody that you can have a good time with. Go to a movie, you know, do something to take your mind off the fact that uh, you're not there with a date. Have a lot of fun. There's, that's certainly easy to do. And do ask the hard questions of yourself so that you're, by next Valentine's Day, you have a more perfect uh, relationship than you do now. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.